Hello dear friends, I hope you're all keeping well. My guest today is a multifaceted musician, innovator and an internationally renowned Latin guitarist. He has won several awards including the prestigious Grammy as a music composer. Dr. Prakash Santake is one of the leading names in the field of Hindustani classical and fusion music. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Dr. Prakash Santake as my guest on Chat with Chitra. Namaste Prakashji, it's my great honor to have you on Chat with Chitra today. You are one of the leading names in the Hindustani and fusion style of music and you're one of the very few people who play the Hawaiian slide guitar. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Why slide guitar? <laughs> Actually, my, my my mother used to play this light and uh, she was the disciple of Pandit Lalmani Mishra. And I can say that she was one of the pioneers in terms of slide guitar. Being a woman, I think the first lady slide guitar artist of this country, technically speaking. But uh, she did not take, uh, you know, the, the fact that she wanted to become a performing artist by itself. She didn't take that seriously. And my father was also a musician. They both were musicians. There's music at home in plenty. But uh, the sound of the slide somewhat felt to me like uh, it reflected with uh, my own personal, uh, you know, my personality, I can say, because I was not the kind of, a, I was a, not a very outgoing and loud kind of a boy. I was very like uh, a slightly withdrawn and a, um, a quiet observer, I would say, about myself. That's how I was in the younger days. And I thought that the slide also felt to me like an instrument which spoke more about the inner voice rather than uh, um, assess or uh, profess its outer voice. So I felt that the instrument's inner sounds were much, much more deeper than what was being heard outside. Like what happens in a sitar is, if you listen to the twang of the sitar, the sitar is almost 80% outside sound. The instrument doesn't have much of an internal sound. But the guitar, to me, always is full of mystery because outside on a mic, you might hear the guitar very less. But if you go closer to the guitar and you feel there's a huge amount of sound reverberating within the instrument. So that kind of drew me inside. And, you know, uh, when I started learning the Hawaiian guitar from my mother, mm. something very interesting happened within, I think, a week or two. Mm. I had a chance to listen to Pink Floyd. And when I heard Pink Floyd playing the same instrument in a completely different culture with such a beautiful, uh, like something very broody, lamenty, at the same time, very powerful mm. as an emotion, mm. that instrument became much more mystical and uh, mysterious and charming for me. So I was very drawn to it, like saying, okay, I have to do something with this instrument because it's, it's so powerful that, uh, you know, like, I think that was the basic reason why the charm became unbearable for me to say no to the slide. So kind of the slide took to me and I took to the slide very naturally. I never went to play the sitar or any other instrument. Of course, my dad used to play the violin. So because of that, naturally, I was playing violin also. Mm. So there was an effect of the learning of the violin and the vocal onto the slide because I directly translated whatever I learned through vocal or through the violin with directly into the slide. Your mother was your uh, guru? Yeah, time. my father and mother, both of them, yes. Oh, and my mother was a very good slide guitarist. Not only slide guitarist, she used to play around 25 to 30 different instruments, you know. Like, yeah, so Jal Tarang, Kashta Tarang, Lauha Tarang, Sarangi, Santur, Tabala, Dilruba, and name an instrument, and it was there in our house. 
every instrument was there and my childhood was just spent playing more with these kind of instruments just fooling around like not structured learning like okay sit down eight hours you have to practice that was never happening in my house i just given a lot of freedom my parents are very very liberal and free so i was having a ball of time just playing with whatever i felt like kabhi kisi din gana hai just singing one day playing only slide guitar suddenly one day picking up the sarangi picking up the santur so my time was spent so much with the instrument that i started kind of correlating one instrument to the other some i i could hear to the violin on the slide i could hear to the sitar on the violin the harmonium on something else so this correlation into a, became a very complex mind game inside my head <laughs> right it is so amazing you were amidst so many different musical instruments and you had you know the, the the perfect instrument of of your liking and you have adapted a gaiki style with a slide guitar what is a slide guitar i will even show you a slide guitar and i'll play a little bit and show that whole idea fantastic yeah so structurally if you look at it like any other guitar of course this this has a lot of other structural designs also like uh, this has got some additional strings this is like the tara strings like so now these other this tune this strings are tuned to the raga i want to play and if you look at this on this horizontally a little bit then you can see that the there's a gap of almost an inch between the string and the board yeah. between the string and the board is a 1 inch gap which means to say this guitar cannot be possibly played by fingers at all ah. it's such a big yes so like more or less like how you have the gotu vadyam in carnatic music have the same exact philosophy same principle so how i am using the gaiki element is the interesting part where so so like uh, so this slide bar this magic is in this this slide bar slides over this is in like infinite setting i can start from here <laughs> so it has infinite sustain yeah so now we're like when we talk about the hindustani guy so this the instrument becomes like a exact parallel of a human voice piya ke nazariya jadubar piya ke nazariya aa 
also innovated uh, another instrument, the Swar Veena. Conceptually, it is the same philosophy which I just now showed you, exact same philosophy, but it's a small, much more smaller and uh, rectangular body. Because oh. what happens is, hmm. when we travel, when, this, when I started traveling, I realized that a huge problem was happening in carrying of the instrument. And you know, this particular slide guitar which I played, it has been broken at least 32 or 34 times. You know, it is hmm. just thrown away. I, once it landed in four pieces, once it landed in 18 pieces, once it landed in three pieces. So I was like, you know, so I was thinking of something to do which will make it more compact and easier for me to carry. Sure. So that I worked very seriously on that particular design. The sensitivity factor for the world, how the world will become more sensitive towards arts is a different question because different, different places, different, different people in different, different times behave differently. So, you know, you might be, you, know, you might have been given all the sensitivity of the world, but today you might be having a bad day, you are tired, you are, like you wanted to go off, and but you have to do this work and you say, just dump this, just. Mm -hmm. So this happens, you, know, you can't, unless and until I make a foolproof arrangement for myself, I cannot believe on luck to, oh my God, let my instrument be safe. So that's, that's how the whole idea was to make this particular instrument in such a way that it's easier to carry. And... Mm -hmm. Whichever world you go to today, you will be playing 99% through a microphone itself. Yeah. So I made the electronics also much more advanced and sophisticated. I have to live with all this. So what is the best that I can do? Fantastic. So you overcome all the acoustic hurdles and uh, made it much more self-sufficient uh, from your own end so that you don't need to depend much uh, when you go out, especially on your tours. It helped me a lot also, yes. Right. Yeah, it, it helped me a lot because uh, after that onward, I didn't find uh, this issue happening too much because I noticed that the, when a design is unusual, it's the space, the space it takes and the way it has to be kept. But look at Europe. See, I always admire and I wonder about Europe when I see this huge double basses coming in, you know, the flights. And I find it so respectable, like, are you how they, but then the double bass is so strong also, it's so big and strong that it doesn't get damaged easily. That's another flip side of it. But at least some sensitivity is there because in, I, I largely in our Indian society, especially traveling in local, the, the information about instruments and all is very, very minimal. They have absolutely no idea that an instrument, how it has to be handled and they have, they have no idea about that. So that way I get a feeling that it's better to be, 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 be being safe. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yes. Now you have a very flexible style of music. Uh, you play different musical genres. How is this possible? Uh, would you perhaps say uh, it is because of your uh, classical music background? I think in my opinion, classical background actually opens your mind to everything. It's uh, sometimes I'm sure that you might have come across lots of contrary and views where people say, no, 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 no. I am classically trained, so I am on a much higher level than all this. Mm -hmm. So I mean, this kind of a comparative analysis is the last thing that we need to do for art. Because in art, you can never say what is better. Everything is good. What is better? This I am better than this is, doesn't make sense. Everything is good. It's the same thing as a concept of a humanitarian. In my opinion, every human being is the same. Every human being has to be loved and respected. You cannot say that this human is better than that human. How can you make such a comparison? Makes perfect yeah. Yes. So, so I, when I started touring outside league as a youngster, when I was learning classical, I was also of the viewpoint that, 
oh, my classical music is the most supreme form of music. Yes, it's a great form of music. But then when I went into the Western world and I suddenly was thrown into a progressive jazz format and I suddenly saw these guys changing the sound, soloing so beautifully and I was just suddenly awestruck. Like, he's changing the sound, but he's going on. And I am, the moment my size changed, I am blocked, my mind is blocked. Like, you know, lifelong, I'll be sa. If my Oh my God, what is he doing? Sounds like Bhupali. So first two concerts, I had this issue of I couldn't understand what's happening. And then I just opened up my mind. I said, okay, whenever the sa changes, I just change along with the sa. That's it. And my mind suddenly had a huge open doorway for me saying, okay, yes, everything is possible. And just because I'm classically trained, it is giving me an edge over somebody who's not trained in classical to shift with these changes. And that helped, you know, classical helped me in that. And I feel that Indian classical music is such a vast ocean of music. It can, it, you can, if you learn this music thoroughly, you will be able to work with any form of music in the world. Mm. And same with amazing Western classical musicians that I came across. I came across some musicians like, you know, Mike Hurting. It's like who have transcribed all the 72 Melakartas in perfect jazz syncopated chords and I'm like oh my goodness and the amount of research that he has done on the keyboard it is much more than any Karnatic or Hindustani musician would even understand this style so I find it amazing that they are coming and listening to us opening up their doorways they are wanting to work with us so we should also have that flexibility say okay yes if you do this I can also do this come on let me also do this that's that's what I believe. <laughs> so you need to have an open mind and try to explore different forms of music. I think that's yeah, I think every every child, believe me, when a child starts learning music, that child has absolutely no fears and no uh, notions. As and as he grows, we introduce these notions into the child, saying that form of music is not good. No, 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 that is bad. Oh my God, this is bad. No, no, this is the only true form of music. We do this to the child and we try to bring the pressure onto him, which makes him more and more unfriendlier. Rather than opening up to everything, he's like now closed. He says, Oh, that's not my form of music. Oh, no, I don't like this. I don't like the number of do not likes increase. But when you're a child and you know nothing, everything sounds beautiful to you. You go, I, I face this even now when I go to villages for concerts where people don't know anything about any musical form. They just come and listen with utmost love and devotion. And they get the best because they do not have any preconceived notion about what this music is. While it's in the city sometimes, I'm very clear, you know, I like only progressive house music. I like only electronics. I like only this. And then when I go to perform there, he'll be like, oh, this is not my liking. So who tells this? Because in music, if somebody doesn't tell you, we don't inform you about genres, you will be listening to every form of music. But when we preconceive this and pack it into your head, oh, this is rock music. So you think, oh my God, my tata and tata shalirunda, rock music, it's too much of noise. Come on, don't do that. So these preconceived notions are the ones which play against us. Because when I listen to any form of music, I just look at the best part of it. And I always get the best of it. Believe me, even if you go to watch a child who is performing, who has just learned two years, three years, four years, whatever. I am sure that if I listen to him with very clean mind, there is something beautiful that he will do, which I have to follow. That's as simple as that. 
amazing amazing that's that's very very insightful and that's very true we are rather exposed to different styles of music right from our young age and it also depends on the parents as such to uh, not to condition children and to accept every form of music and try to grow along with that and see later on right. to which particular style they are more adapt yeah. they have a liking and with with our family background also this will happen see if i am from a indian classical music background family obviously indian classical music is max in my house i'm listening to a lot of indian classical so obviously the roots of the indian classical are already imbibed in my soul mm. i don't have to really go out to learn indian classical now i have heard it and it is a part of me now so whatever else i listen to will somehow come into the brain and do a synthesis in which i can do a combination of the two so i feel like you know my children they listen to you know we listen to pat metheny we listen to the most best of jazz we listen to the best of indian classical best of western classical the best of cold play i am a great fan of cold play uh, you know which is that uh, stone temple pilots i listen to everything and i feel that i do not want to condition them at any point of time saying that no this is not what you should not listen to mm. i say listen to everything and then you'll be surprised mm. when you let them listen to everything they will come up with surprising amount of things saying that oh this is sounding like that you know this sounding like in that english song this was there so they also start finding common ground and that's the most beautiful part suddenly discovering that michael jackson is singing something like raga bhimpalasi No, it's a huge discovery. The mind is suddenly ah, oh yes. It enhances their creativity. I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> How has music shaped who you are today? I believe that I'm a, I'm a true humanitarian, hmm. and I believe that the first thing which I have always learned over the years is hmm. not to have preconceived notions about any anything. Hmm. I I will I will you know. look at somebody talk to somebody mm. not basically believing that either this person is a ceo of a certain company or this person is a milkman as a human everybody is equal you talk about circumstances situation that's a different issue but as a human being when i look at everybody to me every human being is the most beautiful creation of god just imagine what are we humans if you look it's a very philosophical question that what is it that is all inside us which makes us who we are everybody is so uniquely different from the other thousands and thousands and millions and crores and crores of people mm. everybody being so uniquely different from each other mm. this must be the greatest game of creativity that the human being was created a human means it's the human has done everything possible we have tried to know about ourselves we have tried to go back in the past we have tried to explore means the human being such a complex computer system who could have developed such a complex computer system in such a beautiful format so that is the greatest joy of a creator that the creator created something so beautiful look at the creation the land the water the animals the humans so i feel that as a musician every little bit of the musicality of my life has helped me to understand and identify that yes i am a part of this very huge complex but beautiful system fantastic amazing that's very very inspiring you have won several awards including the prestigious grammy how did this all happen there is this uh, project called uh, invisible uh, strings you know which is one of my most favorite projects because it was just pure chance that i come across this person and actually we physically we have still not met though we are part of a beautiful album 
So I meet this guitarist and uh, there is this interview of mine which was published by a Spanish blog called mm. The 100 Modern Guitarists of Today's Time or something like that. Mm. So this interview was read by this great musician from Italy and he read this and I think within hours, mm. within hours he uh, put out a message for me on Facebook saying that, you know, Prakash, I read the interview, I'm very inspired, I heard you work on ECM. Mm. Um, I would like to want to work on an album with you. I said, yeah, means why not? What is stopping us? So I said, how do we go about it? I said, you, you share some ideas. I will share some ideas. Let's start working back and forth. And then within two days, he shares his first musical idea. And we work on it for almost, I think, three or four months. I would play something on what a track he would send. Then he would add something on it, make some edits and send it back to me saying, did you like this? Did you like that? Yeah. And in within, uh, I think, uh, four months, mm. we made the album. Mm. And the album was released by Juno Records. Juno is also a very popular, uh, Rare Noise Records, I think, was the uh, company which released it, Rare Noise Records. Mm. I was very surprised that it received a huge, huge response. And that was very, personally, very inspiring to me because I never went, never met the musician personally. We mm. never sat next to each other and spoke nothing. Mm. But only the music, the conversations happen. And to this day, I get some beautiful reviews mm. saying that in this music inspired me. I was very down and I just heard this music and it took me to another world. Mm. So these are because when I sit down with a musician in the studio and we discuss something, it is beautiful, obviously. Yeah. But this is completely only through music. It's very inspiring to think that, yes, we can do something like this without even physically having met each other. And to this day, we have not physically met. Yeah, I'm sure with the technological advancement, uh, uh, you know, such things are actually possible, uh, even though we don't meet in person. What is your thought about music, uh, using it as a holistic approach? It's natural. I think music as a holistic approach already exists because... If you look at it from the very, uh, look at, let us say, go back to the past, mm. talking about those days when we were ruled by kings, the only communication with the kings used to have with the laymen and the people outside mm. was through the appreciation of arts. A king would become a respectable king only when he showed to the world that he had appreciation for arts and then you know calling the people to come and watch a musician perform or a poet do his poetry because one of the aspects of life is arts means it's not it's arts is not an option in my opinion it's not an option which can be say you can take it yes i have done arts also. no you are born that is enough sufficient for you to do arts because Arts will make you at least appreciate and understand what you have and help you to even imagine what you do not have mm. and also help you to create, mm. to make that happen true, which mm. you do not have and you imagine. So it's the greatest three elements which inspire creativity of life. Because any, you know, you, you look at a Lamborghini or a, the biggest of the racing cars, the most beautiful cars in the world, somebody imagines that the design will be like this. Then a team of people work on the engineering. Then yeah. they make the engineering happen for the design. So everybody works in tandem with it. the engineering team says, see this, I can't keep this here. So you have to do, which means all these processes are directly integrated into arts automatically. Because when I work in arts and I am working on a team with a team, 
I'm obviously interacting as a team. I have my ideas. I make something. Then I ask you, okay, is this fine? Will should will this work? Will that work? And you say something that's ah okay, let me work it around. So this is possible only when you have art, which basically means to say, teamwork, humanitarianism, all come through arts automatically. And you're talking about the most commercial project called Lamborghini. So the commercial world doesn't need to think that our commercial world, our commerce, our mathematics has got nothing to do with arts. Absolutely not. They have to bring in arts at every step of their life because only then will a product be a. a product fulfilled because you cannot tell somebody statistics i have got 20000 uh, revs in this car so you will buy it no you won't buy it unless and until you see the car beautiful you see oh how beautiful it is look at this design look at the, the design brings you closer to understand everything else so and and art is the only essence which will give you the joy of experiencing what you have not seen amazingly good now we all speak about success now what in your opinion is the the right amount of knowledge or content for any person to uh, to claim that he or she is a success or they have had a positive breakthrough to measure success in very simple words is how happy am i doing what i am doing and am i able to transfer my happiness or share it with others and inspire them also to feel happy like me usually it so happens that when we are living and we talk about commercial success what is how successful are you well i made a billion dollars i made a billion pounds and that is success at one point of time but you look at it today when this covid has happened yeah a very stark reality of life has come to face how much money i have there is no connection of that to happiness True. Yeah. How much of our billions I have? Suddenly tomorrow they'll say I have COVID. I am nobody. Means the COVID doesn't know who is a billionaire, who is a you know a milk seller. No, it doesn't know that. So none of the forces of nature at any point of time consider what the world might consider as a materialistic success. If I have been able to transfer some happiness, a little bit of happiness also from my own perspective of life hmm. to somebody. i feel that that is a much much greater measure of success very true and i think success for each one of us is a it's a very relative term but as a musician i feel yes what you have said is absolutely inspiring and it is very true if you be unable to make a, a person happy through our music and i think we have achieved true. great success uh, through that you have been uh, you have uh, established a music school yes. hindustani sangeet vidyapeeth Uh, so, yeah see hindustani sangeet vidyapeeth was um, in full swing till i think uh, 2000 um 3 2004 i have always been using the hindustani sangeet vidyapeeth has done couple of very big world music festivals we all on the basis of know how because i know so many musicians because of my profession so i have want been doing these things gradually in form of small projects so every year i will bring one or two very big projects which i do which will bring out the best of these musical collaborations which i do with people and i believe that these collaborations going out into the society is a, another form of natural awareness because our societies in I mean, especially the hindustani classical music society its approach to the instrumental music is very minimal right we have we have 10000 singers and maybe a one fourth of a instrumental musician minimal not even 10000 i should say 10 lakhs 10 lakhs to one instrument because everybody wants to sing we came from that sampradaya you know with the our traditions have all come from from temple we came from temples singing praises of lord 
the aarti everything is about you know getting the attention to that particular center and one center attention is there so when you find in a concert when you go mm-hmm. you might notice that you will see only the singer you will never even look a little left a little right yes. the singer keeps your attention maximum <laughs> so we come from that tradition so that keeping that in mind we all became too much uh, um, devoted to the vocal music because vocal music is the fastest and easiest form of communication i could play an instrument for 10 minutes mm. but i suddenly say imagine us all your people and you'll suddenly immediately know oh this is the song but if i if i have been playing uh, background around it song for 10 minutes you'll say something is going on but i'm not sure what's going on so that is also because of the, the lack of musical education in terms of instrumental music i am not talking about lack of musical education in vocal music because you if you go if i am i'm in karnataka you will be surprised if you go towards hubli and dharwad you will find in every lane there is amazing amount of singers in one town of 1 lakh people you might have 10000 artists i'm not joking There's so many artists singing because as i told we have the math sampradaya we have the temple sampradaya we have different different forms of religious worship and all these forms of religious worship have got only one communication the bhajan yes we have the bhajan we have the devarnama we have the abhang different different names kirtan wherever you go all the connection is to the lord all connections to the lord is through communication when i will say with telavit 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 it immediately connects me to a like ambient droneish uh, meditative posture i understand with telavit tell it's about the chant so all these forms of language have formed a greater form of communication with people slowly slowly to understand to understand what is not spoken is a cultural um, it's a cultural exposure time slowly so you look at it the western in the western world much much earlier there's a great importance to the piano there's a great importance given to the other instruments mm-hmm. so the possibility of a group of people producing music together mm-hmm. was instantly happening yeah. i know that i am playing a piano i do not have to sing somebody is playing the double bass he doesn't have to sing the viola all us of us together get together and produce some form of music which is kind of a a, a hint at something like a industrial revolution if you look at it because everybody had an equal role my 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 saptak my pitch is very low i can't i won't be heard 3 feet away so i do only this so everybody got together there now here what happened everything is through communication of word of mouth so only when you say vithala vithala i know so we will either form a group of people singing the same tune there also we will not have somebody singing low somebody singing high everybody will think that i sing higher than the other guy i'll be heard clearer so from childhood from childhood we teach the child palcha paad jora paad jora paad when the child is so, so he exerts himself to sing louder yeah. which in turn in my opinion is not a great thing but it has happened like that we don't even know people have been singing so loudly mm. over the years and then after suddenly certain years you realize that i can't sing anymore that that thing is not happening because you have been used to exerting your voice like that mm. but how to explain this because we do not have the concept of a voice culturing 
through classical mm-hmm. if i say voice culture it basically means i had to go into the symphonic world i had to go into choral singing but nothing to do with indian classical music it is not true so the indian classical voice culture will again real make people realize about the different existing octaves of mm-hmm. nature there's a bass there's a mid there is a high then you slowly slowly start placing yourself into what kind of a singer you are you will never find a hindustani or carnatic singer saying that you know i i am the slightly higher pitch singing types mm-hmm. or somebody will say no i am the lower pitch singing they they do not talk about it at all yes they will either be categorized as romba clean a kekrada on voice his voice is very clear somebody hey, it's not that clear but he sings very low so we have to understand and pick and choose and say okay this can be sounding beautiful too but we are given giving the feeling to everybody that unless and until you are loud and clear you will not be heard and understood that has to go and that will come only through a little bit of instrumental awareness i think when you realize that oh there is softer tenor i can go soft when i am near a mic i can sing softer i can step back a little sing so this adaptations will give rise to the understanding of instrumental music i feel it's a long journey but still that we had in like you know there is a popular phrase in uh, if you look at the history of india when we talk about gautam buddha gautam buddha's funeral procession they say that there were thousand instruments which participated in the procession the funeral of buddha which means to say we had thousand instruments then <laughs> Yeah, I think there is a, a clearly gap. Maybe a, there is a gap, whether it's a big or small. But I think it is the responsibility of uh, instrumentalists to create more of awareness and uh, encourage youngsters, especially, to uh, come into this for foray of um, instrumental music. Yeah. Do you uh, teach slide guitar uh, to young people? I do. I do have. I do have very few students. There are students who joined as early as ninety-seven, ninety-eight, mm. who still. continue to learn you know the receptivity of the reception mm-hmm. how that person is receiving it is is very very important yeah. mm-hmm. very true yeah that's exactly. why in our culture if you remember all these things were told right from the beginning all the exposures were given at different stages of life you know now when you look back at all of those things made sense because mm-hmm. at this a time of just giving inputs so how much you are responding to that input on what dramatic things you are showing is not issue but go on giving the inputs because mm-hmm. suddenly one day mm-hmm. you are mature enough to understand what those inputs were true very <laughs> true very valuable insight uh, prakash ji i mean i i do completely agree with you we now move on to the next segment of this chat show which is the lighter side of you what kind of a person are you are you very uh, <laughs> serious or fun and loving no means i am i am very 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 uh, fun loving means i cannot stand seriousness i believe that we have to all be having a good laugh in life because that's the most important thing I, and i laugh at myself most you know i do not laugh at others i laugh at myself and my own stupidities how many languages can you speak oh it's interesting uh, yeah means naturally as born into hindi because as born in banaras i had hindi all across me then to some extent i picked up a little bit of marathi when i started i mean my father is maharashtrian and my mother is a ingar you know? so there was already this uh, huge uh, ma you know what osmosis <laughs> okay okay 
So from my mother's side, the Tamil was there, and not the Tamil which is spoken in Chennai. I said this is a very typical Tamil of the Mysore and the Karnataka Tamil. And uh, I picked up some Bengali. I picked up some uh, little bit of Konkani. My wife is Konkani, and uh, so yeah, I mean Hindi, English. Then I when I go towards Europe, I picked up a little bit of Norwegian, you know, what I go and stuff like that. How to just speak a little Norwegian to just make the person in front of me comfortable to start off a good conversation. Then with the French, a little bit of French, but I wouldn't say that I can strike a conversation in French, but I can understand what two people are speaking. So these are things which I picked up over the years by traveling, and most naturally at home I am speaking. interestingly with my wife i speak english with my son i speak kannada with my daughter i speak english then with my mother i used to speak tamil at home dad i'm hindi most of the time you such a multifaceted personality i mean knowing this <laughs> it's actually a very good trait and even uh, i have a great flair for languages so wherever i go the first thing i do is you know pick up the local a uh, colloquial uh, you know dialect i mean at least even a few things like greeting people one hobby you have always wanted to develop uh drawing and painting uh, i was very very good at drawing and i had this craze of just drawing faces but i wanted to develop it very seriously um which one of the accomplishments of yours that you are most proud of Uh, you know accomplishments are something that i feel like uh, these are kind of milestones if you think of it in one way and in another way it's basically ultimately the journey which matters the journey is going on and on accomplishments at some point of time make others uh, get aware of your journey that's all it means like somebody knows grammy they think oh grammy is the biggest so suddenly for them they like oh grammy oh prakash like is grammy like okay that's one factor but for somebody who doesn't know a grammy what a grammy is mm. it's irrelevant yes it's, but only because the name comes out in that context that from somebody from some other profession comes in so like that <clears throat> different accomplishments happen at different point of time but i feel all this ultimately has to add to the fact that tomorrow morning when you have to go and stand in the line of to get milk near your house doesn't matter what you have. you have a grammy or you don't have a grammy it's the same because you know to, to the guy whom you have to stop for the auto say it's not if you tell him that i am a grammy award winner he's not going to change his direction here in india autos will go wherever they want they won't take you very <laughs> true yeah i mean that's so very so accomplishments are something which will just make you feel inspired to do yourself more seriously maybe go out more into the society and i would want to reach a position where i would want to teach my slide guitar to every single citizen of this country because it is such a beautiful instrument which has given me that kind of happiness and joy in life i feel that you have all the right to give it to everybody that joy should be faced by everybody so i i have a pet project which i have been trying to develop over the years called dil se bachao which is a concept which has absolutely no goal there is no goal orientation by but the fact that you have to pick up some instrument and to be able to play it to some extent that is pretty much i feel that this you know approaching further and greater joy how to get that into everybody's life you might be anybody 
and i feel that is a very very big thing in today's stressful world if you can make somebody get forget the stress for one minute also you have achieved something in life <laughs> absolutely absolutely i mean all our accomplishments uh, throughout our life only teaches us these great lessons as to how to make people more happy in which, whichever profession we are in and they inspire us to you know do much more what you have said so beautifully uh, create an awareness about slide guitar to everybody okay citizen everybody is something uh, very very uh, amazing what is the best piece of advice you have received so far uh, don't talk too much but i don't seem to take that advice very seriously i thoroughly enjoyed and i feel it's my great honor to uh, speak to you and uh, you know listen to your experiences yes absolutely so i think with this we are uh, we are uh, uh, towards the end of the chat show prakash ji thank you so much prakash ji <laughs>